Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Good morning and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Angie Setzer. Angie, how are you doing this morning? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing great. There's a, uh, there's a little bit of stuff going on here, not, not like there's uh, ever a lack of stuff going on, but there is a uh, fair amount of stuff going on out there right now. Uh, when you start looking at, at weather and this record short that we've got everywhere um, across the all the all the hedge funds and everybody else has has really played a phenomenal number on the uh, on the markets here. You know, I think corn's down you know, almost thirty cents in two and a half weeks or three weeks or whatever it is. So it's it took a pretty quick dive. So talk about what you see happening there on the short position side, and then talk about what you see happening with uh, the market and, and some of these these rains we're talking about. There's supposed to be a lot of rain this, this next couple of Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's supposed, it's, it's getting concerning, I guess you could say. And so uh, my friend Karen and I, Karen Corrigan, have been joking back and forth all week about, uh, you know, going when it spits or going when you can get it done. And, and uh, I was joke, you know, I'm, I'm not an agronomist, but I do know that we, the market saw it, you know, to where there was a planting window that took place in a lot of areas this week. Um, it was specifically the Western Corn Belt. You saw a lot on, on Twitter. There was some ongoing jokes about, you know, two, three weeks ago, we weren't going to plant anything in Nebraska ever again. And then now you were seeing, you know, Nebraska planters rolling and, and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, just some, some kind of ribbing of one another that uh, um, was interesting to see, but it, it did have an influence. I, I, you know, we can't say that social media has zero influence on what traders are thinking or which direction they're heading. You start to see it in, uh, you know, the, the market analysis stuff that we get at the end of the day. You know, social media is, is full of, of pictures of everyone planting. And, you know, it kind of goes back down to that whole fear of missing out or the idea that, you know, if you see 10 guys planting on Twitter, then obviously everyone is. And that wasn't the case this week. We didn't have uh, any wheels turn in Michigan. I'm, I'm pretty positive that most anyone in, in throughout, you know, a significant area of Illinois, uh, a good portion of Indiana and Ohio um, didn't turn a wheel. Your northern Corn Belt areas, your northern plains also didn't. Um, but so we will see some planting pace on Monday. But the, the real thing that we're watching now is is okay that window is pretty well shut here for now until we get a new one at least if the forecast will stay so right now the, the forecast for the 6 to 10 to 8 to 14 day window is that uh, we're going to see much above normal precipitation with below normal temperatures in the northern belt um, and maybe some above normal temperatures but those have been pushed back instead of you know bulk of the the southern corn belt um, you know Iowa was split in half for quite some time this week with above normal temperatures to the south and below normal to the north now we're seeing that above normal temperature window kind of shift to the southeast so the question really is what are we looking at there um you know when it comes to to progress and most uh, meteorologists and farmers are in agreement that 
Uh, probably not much. There's some heavy snow in the northern plains. We here in, in the Lansing area um, are looking at probably the fourth time that we will see over three inches of snow on record. So that doesn't happen a lot where you get this three, four inches of snowfall. Obviously, it's going to melt. I mean, that, that's not the, the issue at stake, but it's not going to do well for wheat. Wheat's already struggling. The last thing it needs is, is 31 degree lows and, and uh, you know, poor, poor warmth and, and things like that. So I'm not saying that the lows will kill it, but they're definitely not going to help it. And I know last year for us um, here in Michigan, we had a really steady week of, of planting pace take place right ahead of a really cold, heavy rain. Okay. And every single person, pretty much, if not every single, the bulk of anyone that had corn planted ahead of this really cold, heavy rain had to replant. It just, it did not work um, for it. And so that'll be something else we're watching. Just because we see this planting pace come off on Monday, maybe at a higher level, you know, some of these areas that are going to be dealing with this really cold, heavy rain that they're forecasting for the weekend, you know, may really struggle with, with what the, the, you know, stand and all that noise looks like when, when we look at it here in another couple, three weeks. So I think weather's going to start to trump everything, but we've got to see, you know, what the shorts decide to do. Do they carry that short position into month end? Uh, Tuesday is the end of the month. Uh, we're in a, a roll period, delivery period. Being a short is not the, the bad place to be going into delivery. Um, you know, you don't have to really worry too much about that. You just have to roll under carry if, if you have a short position on. So, you know, we're not really sure what the funds are going to do, but eventually there's going to be some sort of catalyst to kind of flip that position. And at this point, it looks like weather might be the one, at least when it comes to, to corn. Yeah. Yeah, there is the short position they're in. And there's, there's nothing out there that's saying they should get out of that short position. And every, no. every report that comes out just says, great, guys are doing great, keep it up. Don't don't, yeah. don't get out because you're doing the exactly right thing. So when these reports come out, the USDA is not doing any favors to anybody. I mean, they're just, I mean, granted, they're reporting stuff and they're not like on the side of anyone, but it's one of those things where we could sure use a positive report someplace down the road. <laughs> yeah, we could. And, and, but the, the million dollar question right now that I have anyway um, is that cash, the cash movement, the pipeline and all of that tends to reconcile true supply and demand. So if you look at uh, some of the conversations that we've had this week on Twitter with some of the folks out west, Iowa and Nebraska specifically, there's a Nebraska buyer for an ethanol plant that is saying that this is the slowest pace they've seen on record for farmer sales. They're just not moving. Uh, I know a certain co-op in North Central Iowa, we'll say, um, has handled about 10% of a year ago's handling. Um, and a friend of mine that is a, a broker that oversees a lot of elevators, commercials, things of that nature, says right now that farmer selling is about 47% of last year and 54% of the two-year average. So what does that, you know, what does that mean? And so the kind of conversation or the indication on Twitter is, well, the farmer's screwed, or the farmer has, has generated this much income that he's, he or she is able to survive. They, you know, went out and got loans and the MFP payment helped and they sold $10 beans. But in the next breath, they talk about how the farmer didn't sell $10 beans. Right. Um, and so we go back and forth. And, you know, to me, I'm beginning to wonder, and, and this 
I'm not stating it as fact. It is something that's in the back of my mind right now. Could the USDA be overestimating what the farmer has on hand? Could the USDA be overestimating what the commercial has on hand? But a lot of people are saying it's logistical hiccups that are causing the inability to move. Uh, folks in South Dakota, you know, their roads are, are shot right now. It's, it's springtime, you know, blah, blah, blah. Heavy rains, things like that. You know, maybe that's the case. But where I come from, um, if the farmer's not selling, you're seeing push take place to commercials. So if the, the ethanol plant needs to buy grain, um, they're buying grain from the elevator. And at this point, you would say, okay, the commercial long is indicating that the elevators are selling, but the basis is not indicating that the elevators are selling. So there's some really, I mean, it's interesting. And I had someone come out and say, well, according to the USDA, I'm like, oh, really? No crap. I mean, we did see the USDA number. We saw the trade result afterwards. The USDA has been wrong. I'm not saying that that's the case right now, but I always point to farmers that cash reconciles actual supply and demand. And right now the cash is saying that the grain's not moving like it should. Now, why is that? Is there less there? Is it the farmer is more flush with cash? Is he tapping into his equity? Well, blah, blah, I don't know. Um, but we'll see. We'll learn more about what's taking place here over the next couple, three months, especially if we get a pop in the futures and uh, really definitely see that, you know, that farmer movement start to to go, but it's it's an interesting thing that's kind of forming and, and will have implement, uh, implications on what takes place when the speculators do exit their position. So that's the problem right now that they're talking about is if the speculators exit, then the commercials will be selling and your net result is still kind of zero. I mean, you move the, the pendulum maybe up, but it's not as exciting or whatever as, as uh, some folks are anticipating, but we'll know we'll know in three months. So I guess yeah. stay tuned. I'm yeah. Well, one thing about the funds, I mean, they've been short for a really long time. They've, they've mm -hmm. been in that short position for a very, very long time. And I mean, right now, if you look at, you start figuring basis and what it costs to truck everything and stuff like that, you're not too far away from just straight up three dollar corn. I mean, it's that yeah. the elevator. You know, you're really close to that, and. <clears throat> I'm not saying that it couldn't go lower, but it can't go much lower, right? So sooner or later, they're going to have to start figuring that yeah. I mean, it's just going to happen. So they're, they're going to have to exit their short positions, not because of necessarily because of a rally, but because they may have hit the bottom. And, and then, yeah. you know, you're bottomed out. Now they got to figure out how they're going to go back up. So uh, Yeah. Well, eventually what looks like a good sell signal turns into a buy yeah. signal, right? I mean, yeah. eventually someone's going to step in with enough money to say, why are we doing this? Um, you know, and so it's also really interesting to see China is up big on their corn imports. Yeah. If you go back into your Wayback Machine, China just found six billion bushel November first. Right. So, you know, they're big up big on imports, but they just had six billion bushels. Six billion, not, and that's just carry out. That's not. Right. That's not. Right. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of things that are taking place in this market structure right now that. And, and you see it. Um, I always tell my growers that you you will always see every single bearish headline that can be put in place, released when the market's at its, its low. Everyone will reinforce these bearish ideas. That's what we're hearing right now with wheat. 
Well, the you know the hardware wheat crop is going to be 850 million bushels. It's just going to be this giant crop, and the the Russian crop is going to be 84 million metric ton. And you know you have all these people that come out, and when you're in a bearish market structure. Even these superfluous ideas of production are embraced. Like, well, it's, it's reality, right? Who cares if it's only April and acreage is down significantly and all of these things. Conditions indicate that hard red wheat should be ginormous and, and this Russian trader says that their crop's gonna be even bigger and blah, blah, blah. And so everyone ignores the people that are actually in Russia saying 80 million, maybe 77, probably more like it. I just saw a friend of mine say the Russian crop's not going to be any bigger than 17. So, I mean, is it going to be large? Probably, but that crop's made in May and June out there. They're they're very similar to um, the Michigan harvest structure, um, you know, and software we hear in Michigan's being torn up every day. Well, it would be torn up if they could get into it. More likely it's just being, you know, round up and then we're waiting to see if we can get in and, and disc it under kind of deal. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things that I'm starting to see and that's typically what tends to happen is a, a shift in trade direction starts with whispers. I always in, like say it looks like, uh, you know, when you start boiling a pot of water, you just get the little tiny bubbles on the bottom and then it gets into a full boil. Yeah. We're at little tiny bubble mode. Yeah. Um, so it's not boiling. You're not going to pour your macaroni in at this point in time. You're going to continue to hear about why you shouldn't pour your macaroni in. Eventually it will be, but now is the time to really kind of focus on where you would want to sell, you know, and, and kind of recognize that a 10% return or a 10% gain back tends to be a, a good number to be aware of and, and be aggressive on. And, you know, so that put us into that 380 um, front month 390 on the front month sort of core number and put us up into that uh, 445, 410. I'm not saying that's the high, but I'm saying you should be selling numbers at, at that level and, and we'll probably we'll have those opportunities. I feel pretty confident in seeing that you know here over the next four to five weeks. Yeah. Well, lots of stuff going on, Angie. So plenty of reasons to pay attention to the markets and, and know when to jump and when to stay. So if folks wanted to yeah. pick your brain a little bit or get some advice on on what they should be doing, how would they do that, Angie? You can find me on Twitter at Goddess of Grain, or you can email me at asetzer at citizenselevator.com. Right on. All right. Well, have a good day, and we'll talk to you again next week. You too. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Mellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. In the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving